Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mutants and superheroes and superheroines alike, welcome to issue two of the Set in Stone podcast. Think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! First off, I'm going to apologize profusely for getting the name of the peenies wrong. I don't know what happened. I know who they are, I know who created ElfQuest, but for some reason... I had Beanie on the mind so bad, <laughs> but anyway, you can throw all the hate at me you want. I know, I'm an idiot, I'm a fool. It's Wendy and Richard Beanie, the amazing creators of ElfQuest. I'm your host, James Stone, artist, co-publisher, and co-creator for Immortal Samurai Comics. Just giving you guys a heads up that there were some slight technical issues with the recording of this podcast, uh, the levels on there dropped out almost to zero, so in the editing I had to go back in and uh, really pop the levels up so you can hear what's going on. Uh, I don't think it's too bad, but uh, the levels do sound a little wonky, so just bear with me, we'll try to get that situated. The guy who punched Amanda Gross's mother after she called him low class. That wasn't me, that was you. Oh yeah. In this issue, we have... The local legend Free Isabello on the podcast. We'll be talking to him about comics and his influences and just a whole slew of things. We kind of go all over the charts. And also, we get to catch up with him on his upcoming projects for Live Free, Die Free, LFDF Comics. So sit back and relax and uh, enjoy the podcast. Walking like an old man. Okay, we're recording. recording We've been recording since he was like, "Are we gonna edit the recording?" Yeah, yeah, I'll record it. Okay. Okay. Welcome to the uh, Set in Stone podcast episode, or sorry, issue two. That's not that anymore. That's not that again. What? Well, because you you already said episode. You gotta say issue. I mean, you gotta edit anyway. Screw it. I'm gonna keep that in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The other voice you heard. Uh, <laughs> We're going old school. He's a he's a legend amongst the indie people. Only man I know that had a Kickstarter that, you know, fulfilled all the wishes that were granted from their <laughs> <laughs> their Indiegogo campaign. Okay. For the record, state your name. And state what you love. Hi, my name is Free Isabello from LFDF Comics, and I love women's. <laughs> Women's. <laughs> Women's. <laughs> With a capital Z. Z. <laughs> no, seriously, I love uh, artwork and, you know, sequential art and comic books and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's that good. Okay, what? You know what No, but I'm, I'm just, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> you like your buzzed and slammed on the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so yeah, that's it. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, we don't have anything to review today, but what I wanted to do was I wanted to go over, um... Basically, your secret origin with or passion with comic books and art and artists and and all that stuff. So let's get a little background first. So uh, let's start with where you're from and uh, who was like your earliest influences in art. And doesn't have to be comic books, just in general. Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from Honolulu, Hawaii, and I started drawing when I was like five years old. I, I remember the first drawing that I actually won uh, a couple of competitions with is a zebra. A zebra? A zebra. Oh, nice. I drew a zebra and it was black and white and I think that's one of the reasons why I do a lot of black and white drawings now is because of my base. Um, I actually was inspired by Norman Rockwell, Jim Lee, Frank Frazetta, and uh, that's about it. Like Those are my three main 
So just D level guys then, right? Yeah, just D level guys. Like, you know, like, like the guys that you never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> what was the your earliest comic book memory? Like, what was the earliest either book you got or earliest uh, like memory of anything regarding comic books? Like, maybe the first appearance you saw was on a television show or magazine or something like that. Well, okay. Well, I was actually, I'm actually dyslexic. Okay. And so, in order for me to to learn how to read, my cousin brought me to the library and he's actually younger than I am mm-hmm. and he brought me to the library and got me ElfQuest uh, so I don't know if you ever heard of ElfQuest but he brought me ElfQuest the graphic novels and I started reading from there so that's my earliest Yeah. Um, my earliest comic book like mainstream superhero type mm-hmm. and you wouldn't believe it because most people are like oh my god there's, there's no way <laughs> um, but it's actually X-Men number one with Jim Lee when he took oh, over right. like doing his own X-Men mm-hmm. not uncanny but uh, yeah, X-Men yeah. number one um, that's what actually made me want to draw superhero stuff yeah. Instead of fantasy elves and all that. <laughs> um, so that those are my two comic book influences that actually get me into what I'm doing now. Awesome. Yeah, my earliest memory of ElfQuest was uh, I for the longest time I thought that um, Jack Kirby drew it because the only picture I'd ever seen of Jack Kirby was him holding a copy of ElfQuest, but I guess it was for an interview he did with the Demi. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, so that's the guy that draws ElfQuest? I don't like that <laughs> at all. That's not superheroes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, so that, that's... That's okay. Right. Yeah, but X, that, that was that was a big issue. Um, X Men number one. Um, I think that that one actually opened up a lot of eyes to a lot of people. Oh my! Yeah, I remember seeing it in junior high school. Like somebody yeah. had it, and then they had like that gatefold cover. Yeah. With all the stuff on the inside, and then you know. Like, don't get me wrong. Like back in the days, we all had GI Joe comics and Archie comics. Oh yeah, Transformer comics. Yeah, Transformer comics. But <laughs> yeah. what actually, I think a lot of people from the like early. Was it early nineties or whatever? Mm-hmm. When he saw X Men come out, I mean, it literally sold eight million copies. So basically, everybody in the industry saw it. Oh, I you know. know. It's so, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I even made, I think, some like national news. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it was nothing like it had ever happened before. I think some of them were like lucky to get a couple hundred thousand copies. Right. But now they're you're a hit book if you can hit 20,000 copies you oh, know, look, a month 20,000 yeah. copies a month you're like the number one book <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like uh, like television shows like back in the day if you had like 70 million viewers you got cancelled yeah. and now it's like that's like Walking Dead numbers yeah now, <laughs> now it's like oh you got 7 million you will keep me on yeah, like they, they cancelled the Clerks cartoon because they only got 75 million viewers Jeez. I'm like oh my god they'd be killing themselves for that right <laughs> but um, so I when I first got to Las Vegas Mm-hmm. There was no comic community like f- for just the artists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a comic community, but com- comic community um, that they all hang out, and every once in a while you'll see each other, but you never actually got together and drew or anything. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, I've been here my whole life, and I barely knew there were any shops in town. <laughs> you wouldn't even see any of that stuff. I mean, like, right, exactly. the, you find one in your neighborhood. Like, I live down the street from here, mm-hmm. uh, and like, this shop had barely opened for like a year, and I. I didn't even know it. Right? And so when I when I got here, um, I think... And that was like four years ago, right? Oh, uh, yeah. It was four years four ago. Four years but, ago. But for the first year, I was just drawing at home like everybody else. Oh, yeah. And then on the third year, um, or on second year, Dan McNerney, Dan Blodgett, Jeremy Lassner, and myself got together for what I think called MLAA, which is Maximum Legal Aspiring Artist. Um, we did that for a long time, and... We, we just had four guys, maybe yeah. seven guys at one time sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. And Dan was like, hey, for you want to help me out and, you know, try to promote this thing so we get more artists. Now, that kind of opened the floodgate for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because after that, I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so we went from four to seven to 40. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think that's around the time I joined. Right, and yeah. then and then we actually had um the what was it? I think the Las Vegas Comic Expo. Yeah. In 2012. Yeah. That where we where that's we where met. we met up. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were like basically table mates because we were so <laughs> packed together. We were literally sitting back to back. Literally. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, and that's how we inspired everybody else to come into the fold. And now we have like 60 plus artists um, here, and then um, we actually call ourselves the ACC, which is the Artist Comic Collective. Um, and we have 60 artists here, or more now, yeah. because we have cosplayers and writers and all that now. Yeah. Um, but we also have them in Germany, Japan, uh, Europe, parts of Asia, Philippines. I mean, we have mm-hmm. ACC pretty much all over the world now. Yeah. But it just started off two years ago. Yeah, which it's is crazy. kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Or no. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking of when I started. Like, that was right. a year and a half ago. But, yeah, no, well... <laughs> well, that's when the numbers really jumped. Like, I didn't realize this, but we've only been a group for two years because I, I gauged it from when our uh, Halloween parties were. Yeah. And last year, our Halloween party... Well, this past year, because, you know, it yeah, yeah. just passed, like, a month and a half ago. Um, that Halloween party, the one before that, was only one year ago, and we were at a different place. You yeah, I mean? that was so, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like you don't you don't really realize how much can happen in a year, and so, um, and it, you know, we all expanded, we all grew, we all inspired each other, and now we're a lot of us have books out. Yeah, like, a we, lot of us have at least three, three at books least out. Three. At um, least three. Except for like, <laughs> Valkyrie Boys are like number six I now, know, that, well, which is cranking a lot, man. I know. <laughs> um, I love those guys, and they're just they're hard workers, man. I say. Yeah, getting I mean, Cubs State is just a workhorse. So. I mean Josh Smith. <laughs> I discovered <laughs> that last week. He's like, I, I well, real name is Josh. I'm I don't like, even know his last name. Yeah, no, it's a, something like Josh Smith. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, there's a thousand of them. <laughs> I'm like, that's a very awesome, peculiar name to choose. Josh, I don't know, whatever. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I mean, if you look at it, like you, you guys have immortalsamurai.com. Yeah. Um, and you guys actually have more than just one book. You have Conquest. You have. Uh, chain reaction. And then we have about nine other titles we haven't nine. even been able to develop. And, yet. and hopefully, one of you <laughs> and I can get together, LFDF and uh, Immortal Samurai can get together and oh, do yeah? a project. And then you got uh, my former company, which I left, is Onward Comics. Yeah. And they have three books out right now, possibly coming on to the fourth. I don't know how long that's going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody within our group are striving to be better. Yeah. You know, striving to do more. And that's what, uh, what it's really about. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's move on to... Don't make a fun of me. I'm going to be cupstead. <laughs> yeah, you guys. You guys don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's Cut that part. Cut that part out. Cut that part out. <laughs> cupstead was... A quote from Cupstead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm only 24. <laughs> I'm only 24, sir. Right. Anyway, I look like I'm 40. Get it back to you. Okay. I like the guy. I don't want to mess with no, him. No, no, he's awesome, um, <laughs> and getting a lot better, like uh-huh. like skill wise. Well, him and Joe DeCure working together is, is really good because Joe Joe tells him to clean it up, and Cubs that already has a talent. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needed somebody to kind of edit his his line work. Yeah. And he see the thing is that Cubs that he can draw whatever lines what he what he does. Yeah. But Joe, he's like, no, nah, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> and, he'll, and, and he'll clean it up for him. Yeah. So kind of editing his his work. Yeah. yeah. So they they work good, good together. They do yeah. really well together. Anyway, yeah. go on. Anyway, um, okay. Let's see, let's okay. So we already know that you got Jim Lee and the Deanies, and you say like it's your top Penny. two. Penny. 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 Yeah. 
Wendy and Richard Pini. Pini. I want to say Dini. Paul Dini. I'm thinking of Paul Dini. You're probably thinking of Paul Dini. Paul Dini. Who's also good. Yes, very well. Yeah. Very well. Okay, so let's... Uh, yeah. All right. Who... Okay, so you have a bunch of other influences as well. I know at least one other is Will Spartacio, right? Yes. I know he's big up there. He's huge. He's, he's, he's one of the, the image uh, mm-hmm. co-founders, but also because of the Filipino heritage. I'm Filipino, by the way. I know yeah. you can't see me when I'm flip. Um, <laughs> But because he's Filipino, he's actually inspired a lot of Filipino artists in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. And in America. So he's got his own studio down there. No, it's or school. A school. I'm yeah, sorry. he's got his own a school. school. The thing is, the, the Filipino um, artists, that's where I get all my coloring from. Um, yeah. Some of my, my ink work, like, they're really insanely good down there. I saw, I, met, um, I talked with that guy that's doing your next project. Oh, Brian. Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Freaking. Right? Oh, my God. That guy's. And like he's like, oh, here's my page rate. I'm like, it's totally worth it. I no. can't afford it for nothing, <laughs> but that's totally worth it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say his page rate out loud just oh, in no. case, but um, yeah, he's he's very uh, affordable. Yeah. And after you picked up my uh, my sketchbook, he actually did the the coloring for the sketchbook. The yeah, yeah. I got a part of the uh, Indiegogo campaign. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you, by the way. Still waiting on that Avenger Red stuff. <laughs> so am I. But again, it's, it's nothing to do with it. Um, oh, I know, I know. But yeah, so Louis Patasha, he he inspired a lot of like. And they're, he, they're just cranking out amazing artists. Steve Sergovia. Uh, yes. Lee of course. Yes, all the three wishes. All all those guys. Carlo is a part. I can't pronounce that. I don't know. Paragine? Paragine? I, I can't. don't know. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm Filipino. I'll look it up. Say it. Yeah. Okay, watch out. Like, right now, our friend Jordan is leaving us, and he has to walk really slow because he did leg work. Like, you know, like he did a leg day the other day. <laughs> he, looks, he looks like a landscape in Minecraft. No, that's what it is. Like, I know. He's got a jacket on that has Minecraft. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Our silent third party yeah. member. Um, so, and who else would you say? Because I know uh, Will's, but and you got some some stylistic uh, influences in there. I see in your art, mm-hmm. but uh, your style is much much cleaner than his well, is or will be. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got a unique style. I think yeah. um, Will Spataggio, Mark Sobeschi, a lot of the image guys. Yeah, so, well, that's the same era I grew up in yeah, too. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, and I really do hate to say it, but Rob Liefeld also was one of my influences no, back then. No, absolutely. I absolutely yeah. agree with that, too. Like, I remember when his stuff was out, and even, like, I think I, I really noticed him in, like, Heroes Reborn. Mm-hmm. That stuff was, like, really big when I started getting into regular collecting. Mm-hmm. But, um... But it never got beyond that point of, like... Like, it's it's cool. It's, like, it's part Art Adams. It's part Walt Simonson. It's Paul, Art, mm-hmm. Paul Smith. But it never really got more than that. It's like it never really, like he never jumped a level. Like you see Jim Lee's earlier work, yeah. and you can see him jump skill levels. I never really saw that with Lightfield's work. Yeah. But uh, he was absolutely a positive influence. I mean, you wouldn't have sold four million copies of Youngblood number one if you weren't doing something right. You well, know? well, the thing is with with Lightfield, what what I noticed is that when at at that age when we when you and I mm-hmm. and, I, and mm-hmm. everybody else back then, we were at the same skill level. As he was back then, yeah. So, so it was kind of like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. And but and he was like, but but after like while, almost our, around our same age, yeah, too, like, to a certain extent. And yeah. the thing is, after a while, we learned more, yeah. and he didn't. Like for some other reason, he just never evolved. He leveled, yeah. He plateaued yeah. to a point where he's like, it's working, so I'll just, keep, so I'm just doing that. keep doing this. And he never elevated anywhere where everybody else did. Yeah. So you went from Rob Liefeld and Will to Mark and you know Jimmy and all that. All of a sudden, everybody else went. 
Oh, like I marked I, chemistry I, between yeah. the first Cyberforce miniseries to the main series. Yeah, like, a huge, huge jump. Oh my gosh! Like, and like, so you know, you see all yeah. these, you see the evolution of all the other artists, and one guy doesn't evolve. So of course yeah. he's gonna get left behind, and all of a sudden he's like the worst artist, literally yeah. known as the worst <laughs> artist in comics ever. So, yeah. so, so all you, you know, aspiring artists out there, learn more. Yeah, every L- day look, learn look at his stuff, see what he does. But and don't don't hold any of it. Exactly. Just move take it on. as a, a, a what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of uh, young artists out there. Well, I can't say young. I should say young to the industry, um, because they've been in it for less than ten years. Yeah. And that's that's how the industry is right now. Mm-hmm. It's like you got guys that have been in it for twenty five, thirty years, but there's other guys that have been in it for ten years. They're not young at all. They're no. like 30 something years old. Oh, that's But cool. they're considered young. Yeah. Because they're only 10 years. Yeah. Like this guy, Ken Lashley, um, out of Canada. Oh, my gosh. He, amazing. Like, amazing. I, I thought he was Jim Lee at first. I mean, I was like, <laughs> okay, that, that face doesn't look like Jim Lee, but it looks like Jim Lee. Yeah. So he's really, I think he's one of my favorites. Um, Rockerford, Ken Rockerford. Ken, Ken, yeah, that guy. Um, oh, my God. Joe did, you see, did you see his pages at uh, Amazing or uh, Expo? No, I didn't. Year? I didn't get to go to his booth. His so. pages. So. Clean and all pencil. He doesn't do any ink. Yeah, even even in like his even you see like those little crazy yeah. little details like within the suit like oh it's like like a like a oh that's a like a like a Dean White did a color enhancement on the line or no that's no, like that's all the stuff. Him. Yeah, and he's like no no, no I, nobody can ink my stuff. That's crazy. I'm like that's crazy. I would believe that if I haven't seen so many people do it on DeviantArt. No, yeah, and you know what they all they all mess it up. Except <laughs> one guy, you know. um... Dev gear on DeviantArt, James oh, yeah. Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. guy is the only guy I've seen that does it. That is like, yeah, I could see like, him like doing he, it. He can do it. There's, there's a lot of talented inkers out there mm-hmm. that get like you know like Joe Weems and Danny yeah. that, that can do it. Mm-hmm. But Joe, I mean, but Ken Rockefeller, he's like, I'd rather just let yeah. it be. He's like, you see this? That's so perfect. Yeah, it doesn't need dial it up a little bit on the levels. <laughs> it, it doesn't need turn to that shit. Yeah, yeah. Just, just darken it up. Just like Joe Mads, like he doesn't ink anymore. No. You just go straight to pencil, and it still looks good. It, yeah, it still looks good. I mean, I've seen some people do ink, like uh, LeBeau Underwood. He did mm-hmm. some ink on some pages that he did for that Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's like he got like Tom Mason to color it in. Amazing! Like that stuff was like amazing. Amazing! Like it's like back being back in the nineties again. Amazing! Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, what would you say is when your your favorite, uh, let's say, say runs of your favorite, some of your favorite art, say, like, uh, like, we'll, say, we'll start with, like, uh, we'll start with, like, um, ElfQuest and the Deanies. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I know you do, and maybe some of the listeners may know about it, but say, like, say there's, like, a, like, an arc or a single issue that you would say is your favorite. Well, to be honest, like, um, the, Wendy and Richard Penny, they, they actually have graphic novels out there, and they do, you know, they split them yeah. up into 22-page books or whatever, but to be honest, their whole body of work Mm-hmm. Their whole body of work is one long story, like this yeah. whole one long like story. Uh, like bone. Yeah, it's it's just one big long story, yeah. but it's so enthralling that it, it keeps you in it. Um, so yeah, them Jim Lee's work on uh, Divine Ray. Yes, that was really good. Yeah. Um, That's when I, I saw him. Like like okay, yeah, he's another again, yeah, he's another again, level, another another evolution. level. Uh, West Patasio did a really small short run called um oh my god I forgot what it's called like something darkness never mind never mind edit that out I, I forget <laughs> that's fine um 
Mark Silvestri during the Killer Instinct crossover, which is uh, when Cyber Force and Wildcats did a crossover. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. That, th- that was another level doom. Yeah, those those four issues of, that he did is insane. Yeah, I like I like that one, and I like the, uh, I like the follow-up with the, the Hunter, Huntsman. Oh, yeah. That Chris yeah, yeah. Claremont wrote. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they really started kicking the, the digital the colors. Computer, man. Yeah, Joe Joe got yeah, the colors. The digital colors started popping. Uh, um, I think I don't know. I mean, Joe. See, with Joe Mad, like all his stuff is really good from top to bottom. Um, I think Battle Chasers was probably his best work. Um, and then he <laughs> the got greatest it. unfinished story ever. Ever. I know. It's like <laughs> and everybody's asking him, like, when are you gonna do it? When are you gonna do it? And he's like, I don't know. I'm never gonna do it, to be honest. <laughs> I moved on to other things. Um, Joe Benitez. When he did Magdalena, yeah, um, him and Ebass, well, Ebass came out there, but yeah. when, when uh, J- Joe ben- Benitez, Benitez, or whatever Benitez, you call it, yeah. Benitez, did Magdalena, and he did uh, Lady Mechanica. Yeah, so or still doing Lady Mechanica. Yeah, I mean, he's working on issue four, but that's been like two years. Yeah, so. he's kind of doing Dave Finch on Aphrodite 99 <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Like a three-ish, three years between issues. Right. <laughs> Still, it's worth it, but at the same time, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of artists out there now that you, they, they're coming out of the woodwork, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, back in the days when we didn't have internet, you had to submit, and you had to submit. So you had all these really great artists that just doesn't submit any artwork. Yeah. Now they put it up on DeviantArt. Now they put it up on Facebook. Now they put it up on social media. Yeah. And they and they're uh, they're getting noticed because they can go to conventions. Yeah. Back in the day, it was San Diego, New York, Chicago. Yeah. You know all the big ones. Now yeah. you have smaller conventions for comic book people. Yeah, I want to check out the uh, Frankensons in California. It's like every weekend. Yeah. Like a mini Comic Con. I'm like, I want to have to take a road trip, Dude, like Frank an ACC road trip, and from, just from, go from out. What there. I hear, yeah, it's like a little. Like, yeah, and it's chocolate. Like uh, like a swap meet Comic Con. Yeah. yeah, and it's every week. Every weekend, it's yeah. Insane, it's like thirty artist tables. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, saw it. Where was it at? Somewhere in San Diego. Oh, okay. Something like San Francisco. Something, one of those. I hope it's not San Francisco. That's a long drive. One of the sands. San Mateo. <laughs> but uh, well, oh yeah, I want to go back to the uh, artist about old and young and uh, mm-hmm. like there's some guys in there that are much older than you would even expect. Like, you know the artist uh, Pascal Ferry? Yeah. Yeah. He was like 40 when he started. Wow. And he's been in the industry now like 20-something years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Scott McDaniel from Nightwing and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. He was my age when he started. Wow. 34. Yeah. I'm like... What, and that was doing Daredevil back after Frank Miller. Well, see, that's the great part about being an artist. As long as your hands are still working and your mind's not crazy. Oh, like uh, uh, Tony Dizaniga. I don't know who that is. He did Jonah Hex. Oh, he's okay. a Filipino artist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he he's the one who designed the scarring, and he mm-hmm. like you look at his stuff better and better every year. And, right? and they're like, how do you do that? He goes, I just didn't get comfortable. You yeah, know, you like, keep, yeah, he's like I just kept doing going. better, just kept practicing, and and with all due respect, you know, to like like Joe Kubert, um, he had great stuff. You know, did Hawkman back in the day, started yeah, yeah. the school and all that, but. Um, his stuff didn't seem quite as sharp, you know? Yeah. I mean, great well, storytelling and, and great, great, you know, yeah. all fundamentals, but it was still kind of within the same realm. But then again, his kids, who were also teachers, game. insanely good. Like, and better and better every time. Well, I think that's, like, that, I think that's kind of the point of what the old school and new school is. Like, yeah. say, um, Neil Adams. 
Yeah. Um, Joe Cooper, you know, all those guys. They had the same type of style back then. Mm-hmm. Just like how it evolved into the same type of style now. Where you get the Jim Lee, the Ken Lashley's, the Tony Daniels. Yeah. The, and then in defense of a lot of the older artists, uh, they also had to produce a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, three weeks to get a book done. Like, I mean, and then and then you got guys, got guys like Kirby who not only would do like full issues in like two days, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. be able also to advance his talent as well. Like go from like like you look at issue one of uh, Fantastic Four compared to issue 108 when he stopped, it doesn't even look like the same guy. Yeah, like, no, it's totally like it's totally very evolution. basic, very basic <laughs> panel work. Next thing you know, he's got surfer flying off the page. Things are breaking <laughs> out of the panels. Yeah, you know, crackle everywhere. And and the other thing is, I, again, there's a reason why they call him the King Jack Kirby. Oh yeah, is because he did things that nobody else did. He didn't just stick to just you know what six worked. panels on yeah. on a page. He broke panels. He broke. He did this and he did that and you know he did a lot of innovative things within his time period. Yeah. So he actually, I mean, there's a reason why they call him the King. Um, but if you look at artists now, they they're hyper realistic. They have a lot more detail. It's oh, not yeah. it's not just drawing an arm. They draw the arm with muscle and 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 light and yeah. shadows and all kinds of stuff. So it makes it more realistic. And that's just the evolution of what the industry is. Yeah. You know, um, we have a lot more sophisticated uh, audience now. Yeah. You know, we got we still got the the adults that have been collecting since you know since they're kids back in the 50s but now you got the kids now that have internet that have Google that have you know all the social media that they get all this information from so you have to be bigger and better to to get into their mind yeah I mean to satisfy what they're thinking Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's why if you notice like you go from uh, Neil Adams which is Jim Lee's uh, I guess inspiration yeah he'd be like a like a kind of like a starting point yeah. for that type of style. But Jimmy took that style and made it his own and sharpened it up and made yeah, it and he threw in Yeah, and he threw in like uh, John Byrne and Frank Miller and George exactly. Perez. Like, um, I don't, I know you may not have heard of it, but I listened to an interview with him that he, Jim Lee did with Kevin Smith mm-hmm. and uh, he would, like, when he wasn't drawing at night or in the mornings or whatever, he would jog and as he was jogging, he had a mantra and it was all of his inspirations. George, he's like, he'd be like, Byrne, Miller, uh, yeah. <laughs> Burn Miller, you know. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. <laughs> that was We're a cat call. Yeah, that was a. Uh, so don't put taco worker coming. <laughs> his friends. But um. Yeah, like kept. Yeah, it'd be like like Burn Miller Adams. Burn Miller Adams as he was just jog on a on a like a track at a high school. Yeah. So, so that's the funny thing. Like, like a lot of artists nowadays, they want to be artists and they want to be in the industry. But they don't have that drive like Jim Lee did. No, like because he, yeah. you know, if I go jogging, I'm not thinking about you know Jim Lee, Mark Savage, <laughs> Jim Lee. I, I, I want to now. I want to go. I out know and now I, I do. <laughs> um, but I mean, there, there's a point where you gotta. It'd be tough though. Madrid, Sinkovich, and then Carlo guy. I can't remember. <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, yeah. if you really want to be in this industry, you got to look at it as a business. Oh yeah. Like you got to go to work every day. You got to draw every day. You got to write a script every day. You can't, you can't just drink a beer and forget that you need to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what a lot of artists. There's a lot of great artists out there that don't have the work ethic. Yeah. They they real they don't realize that you have to draw a page a day or you yeah. have to draw a page every two days. They just think, oh, I want to be a comic book artist. 
They yeah, don't, they don't I can draw it. some pretty cool faces right? or whatever, yeah. or a pinup, you know. But and that was a mistake I made in high school. Like, I would draw pinups or single character sketches. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you hear it all the time because people don't know any better. But, oh, yeah, you're really good. Yeah. So, like, yeah, whatever. I'll start a comic book club in high school and do it. And then it's just like, and then you just look at that page going, what if I even start? I was like, I don't know what I do. I know, <laughs> like, like, I probably own, you know, a couple hundred comic books or 50 comic books. But how do I start? Like, yeah, exactly. like, 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 literally, like, I probably wrote, did like three comic books, didn't even write a single script. I just, <laughs> just, just started drawing. Page page, yeah, right? like, like, just copy a pose. I like that pose. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> I won't change. No I won't reason. change the style. For like, no I'll go from like, like early uh, Jeff Matsuda to uh, Andy Kubert panel <laughs> to uh, like a uh, Joe Mad panel, like, somebody else. like some <laughs> other style. I, I think I have them at home. I'll bring them in and show you. It's, oh, it's, that'd be hilarious. It's, it's embarrassing. That's like, funny. the first page is really well done, because a buddy of mine did the inks, and even at 17, um, he, uh, he w- he's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, and, and then you get to, like, page two, and it's just like, <laughs> 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 that's <laughs> where you start inking yourself with a Sharpie, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he had, like, rapido graphs, which I'd never seen before. I'm like, oh, those are, like, awesome. I'm like, you don't use a ballpoint pen? Or, you know, they didn't have Sharpie like, pens back then. It's like... I yeah. got my pens at, at Michael's. But what's like Michael's? A, I know, what's Michael's? I don't know what Michael's. I got mine at Walmart. Oh, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I mean, like, like back then, yeah. we had no idea. But at least now that when we have the ACC and everything, mm-hmm. like, that's why when people, when new artists and writers come in, we, I literally sit them down and tell them, this is how it works. We, yeah. need, a, we need a writer. That writer writes a script. You know, it has to be at least 10 pages or whatever. Yeah. Let's say it's a 10-page story. Okay. That 10-page story has to be looked at by another, like, writer to go mm-hmm. over and edit, and then we rewrite the whole thing. Or even your your artist to look over. Yeah. Or somebody, anybody. Yeah, yeah, anybody. Okay. And then we find you an artist, which is a pencil. Yeah. And if a penciler does only pencils, then we got to find you an inker that fits his style. If you find an inker, then we find a, a person that scripts it and bubbles, you know, like the word yeah. bubbles and all that. There... We put it together on the computer, you know, depending on if you want to color it or not, because that's a whole other thing. Oh, my God, that's... You know, you don't even, we're not going to get that's, into that. That's the holy grail of any comics right there. Oh, yeah, you, well, you go color. And, not just that, I mean, and that, that goes back to the thing of people posting art, and it's like, these amazing, talented people, and they're just like, I'm just looking for a break. And it's like, well, you could be putting something out and getting your name around... You could, yeah, it's great to color in another, uh, you know, Sylvester piece or yeah. some old Jim Lee piece and, you know, get some get some likes or, you know, deviant hits or whatever, but it's not going to get you any type of, like, Real influence. Work. And you can't sell that stuff, Yeah, you know? But it's like, if you did some indie work, you know, maybe there's some back-end stuff, which is always scary, but, you know, our, our philosophy I have is, like, you're still doing it for free now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You do a cover for somebody and get some attention. Exactly. Like I got the uh, um, Steve Oaks. He did number two of Conquest, and that's an awesome cover. Like I showed it mm-hmm. to the Philbox yeah. brothers, and they're just like, "There's Howard Chaykin all over that." I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about style, but I can see Howard Chaykin doing his own colors now. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that guy is amazing, and now he's like, yeah, he's doing some pretty awesome stuff. Well, and and the thing is, like, when you, when you mentioned the uh, like coloring and all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff, yeah. Well, it's like. If you're gonna color something, why color X Men? Why color you know? Yeah, that stuff's been done. Yeah, yeah. If you do an independent cover, or even do the inside, you know, pages, yeah. like the internal pages, you get published. Yeah. So when when you go to a comic convention, and you bring a portfolio, mm-hmm. they see you they, can do sequential. Well, yeah, but which is important. But the thing is, yeah. when I go to comic conventions, I don't even bring a portfolio. 
I mean, I do only because I'm selling my original yeah. artwork. But I don't even show my portfolio off to anybody. I if I want um, like a comic book editor or whatever, I write it to yeah. look at myself. I put down a comic book. I yeah. say, this is what I actually do. Yeah. It's not it's not four or five pages here. This is twenty two pages right here, right in front of you. You know, and here's three more, and here's four more. Yeah. So, I just I did know. the same thing with the the Philbot brothers. Like yeah. they I ran over there, showed them the stuff. Uh, one of the brothers liked it. The other brother came by, really liked it, showed it to the editor. Uh, I haven't heard back from them because they're, they're touring, but uh, yeah. the only other time I showed my portfolio off to anybody was uh, at the uh, DeviantArt meetup just oh, the yeah. Yeah. beginning of December, and that was to uh, Dave Gibbons, which I was not expecting. I just brought it to show off yeah, to other people. Cool, man. <laughs> oh, man. But I, he opened it up, saw that first piece, that Batman. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. He's like, I like it. Which but is a huge boost. I mean, he didn't really pay any a lot of attention. Didn't go past the first couple pages, but, but uh, he looked at it. He looked at it, yeah, and cool. yeah, he knows that I do digital work, and yeah. You know, the thing is, I want to say this on record, Jeremy. You need to stop being sick on really important days, <laughs> because he's my ride everywhere because I don't have a car, <laughs> <laughs> and so we couldn't go to the DVNR thing. Well, actually, no, for that one, he was in Texas, so I can't blame him for that. But yeah, so I couldn't I'd, go. I would have so texted sick. you the bus schedule. I, I, was, I was so sick. I was so. Dis- Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. well, yeah, yeah. Um, Dave Gibbons. Uh, I got a Rorschach sketch. That was awesome. Rorschach. Yeah. Rorschach. Yeah. And uh, Liam Sharp was there. That's cool. Yeah. So where do you, would you like to see your your stuff? I mean, would you like to see yourself jump on a mainstream book, or would you? I know you you want to continue doing the indie thing. The indie thing is going to be happening no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. like even for me, it's like that's like you may as well tell me to stop sleeping. It won't happen. <laughs> I don't sleep because I am doing the books, but uh, you know. Like, but don't I mean, breathe. don't breathe anymore. But are, is one of your goals to? Uh, I know, I know. Everybody wants to work on like one of the, like the mainstream books or get picked up, you know, by somebody, you know, with some type of quality production like Image or Dark Horse. I mean, that's kind of like the indie hierarchy. Yeah. And then from there, you kind of work on to like the big two or big three or whatever. Yeah. Image or you know, Marvel well, I, DC. I, I look at the tiers of the companies as like Marvel DC Image. Yeah. And then there's the Dark Horse, the Aspen, the uh, Zenoscope, yeah. um, IDW, Big Dog, and then there's us. Yeah. Like then there's like the, the smaller, really small press. Um, I actually, it I I want to continue doing what I do. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind working for a company like say Aspen. Yeah. Or, or uh, like Top Cow. Top Cow. Yeah. Especially Top Cow because I actually like the way Matt Hawkins writes. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I I don't mind doing my own independent work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like yeah, everybody wants money. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing your own work, then you put more of yourself into it. Yeah. Like if I was if I was to draw X Men, which is my my all time favorite mainstream book. Yeah. Um, I I would draw it to the best of my ability, but they're not my characters. Yeah, I mean they're not my creations, so that that's where it's it kind of on a on a teeter totter, mm-hmm. where it's like fifty fifty. Like I wouldn't mind getting picked up because the money's good, but at the same time I'd still want to do my own side project of independent work. Yeah, you know, um, Joe Joe Benitez. Yeah, um, he does Lady Mechanica, and that's a wildly successful book that he produces and writes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, he's working with um, I, I think it's Aspen that produced, like, actually does the, the printing of his book. It is Aspen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, something that that like that would be awesome. 
Yeah. He's working on his own thing, but he's working with the yeah, company. Yeah, probably like a like Skybound, Kirkman's company in yeah, image. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I think that's where I'd want to be. Yeah. Um, Not that it would hurt to draw an X-Men or an Avengers or no, something yeah, like I that. No, yeah, I would love to do a three-issue <laughs> I'd love to do a three issue X-Men. Yeah. And that's the most I'd want to do on any mainstream. It's just three books. Kind of like, like, like a little Joe Mad jumps. Yeah, Like exactly. here and there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that way you, you can still do the characters you love since you were a kid. But you're not, you know, doing a hundred, you know, a hundred books or a hundred issues, yeah. and getting and start hating those characters. You know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. hate the characters. I want to be fresh. And okay, I did my three. Okay, I'm done. Plus, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more politics involved with oh, the yeah. bigger now that they're all franchised and movied yeah. and, you know, which. But I mean, from what I've seen with the books, cause, I mean, I'm a pretty regular reader. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of taking an almost completely different angle from what's going uh, on now. Yeah. So. Like, I don't think you'd see a Cyclops in the movies like there is now with the rebel leader or whatever the hell he is. Yeah, the rebel leader. And the crazy powers and the incompetence and all that. Yeah, that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of feel the same way. Like, I would would love to do some type of big book. Like, for a run or just to be a part of, like, a... Like a big arc, like a executioner song type of arc, where wow. it's on like three or four issues out of twelve, yeah. you know, some other. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, and then you know maybe jump off to do like uh, something else, like uh, I'm trying to think of the guys who do like like um, you know you know Michael Lark, he just had that project Lazarus with Greg Rucka. Yeah, okay, everybody's been talking about yeah, mm-hmm. but he did like like uh, like Gotham Central, which was like all just about the cops in the police department of Gotham. Oh wow! And like Batman would show up every once in a while, like just kind of in the like peripheral, you, like they're hunting down Mr. Freeze. And then Batman shows up at the very end to just beat him down because they're like, yeah, we can't handle it. Throw the bat signal. Yeah. Like they, they show you what leads up to calling Batman oh, or how they handle it without Batman or how Batman cool. get in, gets involved. And like Brew Baker and Rucker drew wrote that and with Greg uh, Michael Lark doing the artwork. Oh. And then he would jump onto like Daredevil and he helped build that book up a bit. And then he did uh, a couple other things. And then he went back now to Image and he's doing Lazarus. More indie and it's mm-hmm, you know pretty mm-hmm. awesome, but then there's also uh, I, I can't think of too many other guys that do that type of stuff. I mean that I don't know. like sometimes whenever they get on a project they'll try to just do that and then stay on that. But like oh Chris Bacallo, he's another one that's like huge influence. He did like X Men and then he jumped back and did like steampunk, and then he jumped oh, yeah, up yeah. again okay. and uh, you know Generation well, X, which is like an indie mainstream book. You know. Well, you know it, it's funny because like. Look at all these different artists. Now, they do mainstream books like X-Men mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever have you. Um, Iron Man, Thor. And then they'll do smaller books for less money. And there's a reason for that. I think the reason why is because, again, you don't want to be stuck on a book that takes you away from the character. Like, you draw it so much that you hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so they'll do smaller books. But also, like, uh, on the other hand, mm-hmm. there's comic book artist at like uh, Greg Capullo yeah that'll do a hundred issues of Spawn and, <laughs> and, and the reason why is because the industry is so saturated with really great artists that if you have a book you want to keep that book yeah it's just like being a DJ in, in Vegas if you yeah. have a if you have a gig at Pure or any one of the big mm-hmm. clubs you want to keep that gig because you don't know when the next gig's coming yeah you know? yeah freelance um, is very yeah. sketchy like unless your name is Jim Lee or it's um J. Scott Campbell or Joe Mad or Mark Savesci or whatever. <laughs> it's Scott Campbell who is just making a living off of doing prints. Right. Which is amazing. But but even then, I mean, he his body of work, he can do that now. Yeah, absolutely. You know? No, no, and it's not, and it's 100% worth it. Yeah. Like every cover he does and, mm. you know, 
it's like there's a reason that you know there's those prices on them and you're willing to pay it. Yeah. So. I mean, so but everybody else has to do the internal pages. Has to yeah. do the, has to go out there to the conventions and do what they have to do to, to hustle and to try and sell their book. Yeah. Um, because their names aren't the the image, you know, Brett Boots and all those guys. Yeah. Well, even then, some of those guys yeah. aren't as big as they were. Like Brett yeah. Boots is exactly. only now getting back into mainstream. I mean, he's one of the top five in the top ten wizard. You know. No, absolutely. Wizard like, top tens. Uh, all those the, guys the back Tiger home. Team Beat list of uh, <laughs> comic book. <laughs> I remember first thing I used to get the. Um, Mm-hmm. The Wizard, I would look for The Brutes and Bays by Bart Sears, you know, to teach and, you how and, to... And Greg Capullo right? later. Yeah. yeah. To teach you how to draw, and then go to see who's the hottest artist. It's like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, they had the top and, ten And back artists, then I'm like, let's writers. see who the writers are. I don't know any of them except Kevin know. Smith, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. There was Kevin Smith. There was... Uh, Jeff Loeb, Grant Jeff Morrison. Loeb, uh, Chris Claymont for X-Men. Uh, uh, Garth Ennis. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, and it was like preacher and the usual uh, suspect. <laughs> yeah, was always a, and Joe yeah, Kelly. Like even Joe Kelly was Joe in there for. Kelly, yeah. yeah, he's another amazing but severely underrated writer. Yeah, so, I mean it's, it's all the usual suspects, but still it's fun. I would it's also still, it's still fun. yeah, I'd also look for the uh, casting calls in Wizard. Like oh, they yeah. cast a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was always one of my favorite fun. fun. <laughs> That's yeah, where you're just like, of course, Captain Picard should be Xavier. <laughs> Like of course, every time <laughs> we'll get yeah. Worf to be a bishop. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. This industry is always fun, and I, I'm glad I'm in it. You know. What I mean? Yeah, we got to do a casting call for some of our books. See what we get. <laughs> cool. like, okay, so let's uh, let's finish up, and we'll yeah, well, um, live free, die free comics, which is LFDF Comics. Uh, it's my own comic company. Like I used to work for a comic company called Onward Comics. Yeah. And, um, Bunch of good guys. Yeah, a bunch of good guys. Um, but I split off from them, being, you know, because I just wanted to do my own thing and see what I could do. Yeah. Um, and also, I work with the ACC members, like which you know, they're very talented. Yeah. In case you didn't mention, it, you know, Free's one of the what top original three founding members. Yeah, if not the four. founding member. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, I I broke off LFDF Comics. Actually, we have two projects that are going to go on. One is an anthology... Well, it's not really an anthology book. It's a half-half book. Yeah. Um, where each issue that comes out every maybe two months, two to three months, yeah. um, will, will feature artists, a ten-page story from an artist from the ACC. Yeah. So, sort of, for example, the first issue would be myself and, say, you, James yeah. Stone, yeah. Um, would be on the first issue. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> second issue would be uh, Crabman and Jeremy. Third issue would be Jay Savage and you know whoever. Justin Ayers or Justin, something. Yeah, exactly. So a um, whole bunch of artists that will be doing ten-page stories, but in a rotation. Yeah. So you can get different stories and different artists and all that every two months. So that that's what I'm working on right now. And then also another one is uh, the steampunk. Uh, I guess like the steampunk. Steam Queen series. Yeah. I'm continuing on with that. Um, we did a Harley Quinn. We did Poison Ivy. Right now I'm working on Wonder Woman. But um, with that... And that's and a series of prints. Right? Yeah, it's a okay. series of prints, a series of pinups um, that has that takes, like, heroines and villains, or villainous, yeah. and make them into a steampunk uh, genre. But with that, um, it spawned kind of a, a cult following with the 
cosplayers. Yeah. And they're starting to build their own cosplay around my artwork. Nice. Yeah. So nice. in a couple of months, hopefully, I don't know how long it takes because it takes a long time to be. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, or if it doesn't involve hats and a goggle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're actually building it and they're actually creating it so that a couple of months from now I'm actually gonna have cosplayers to go along with the decisions. Nice. So and then there's other projects that I'm working on with other artists. Yeah. Um, to actually produce and publish their work. That has nothing to do with me. I'm just helping them get published. Yeah. See, that's what we do at Immortal too. We're trying to get people to join in. Mm-hmm. But with the industry and being indie, people are always looking for how do I get a payday right away. Yeah. And it's like it's it's tough. It's like no, you got to do the legwork first. Know. You know. You gotta there's so much spec work as they call it that you have to do that's like for free and it's like, you know. You know, you 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 think you have a, a good influence and all that, and uh, people like your stuff. Like, well, if they do, they'll buy it. Yeah. And on that end, then you can have some income coming from it. And yeah. The more you do, the more you produce, you know, the more reaction you're going to get. Absolutely. And, so what, and uh, I've seen some of the page work that you've been doing for that the new Steampunk series. Do you have a title for that yet, or? You know, it's a working title. Um, well, you can called, give it that. Yeah. It's called the Contractor. Because and I I looked this up in the steampunk world, a contraptor is the guy that actually makes the contraptions. Nice. Yeah, and that's what they're called contraptors. Um, so that's that's a working title. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm gonna call it something else. Um, but there's a lot of good good designs in there. Yeah. Because the the whole villain crew is all female. So you're gonna see a lot of Victorian looking yeah outfits in there. And it's gonna be a really nice good project. So. Yeah, until it kills you at issue three, and you're like, I'm tired of all this mech stuff. <laughs> well, but the thing is, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's ten pages. Yeah. So it doesn't kill me to do twenty-two pages of all this mech stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's after ten pages, I'm like, oh my god, I need a Especially break. if you have like four months in between, we have other people exactly. doing exactly. <laughs> I mean, you actually take a break because you have other artists in rotation. Yeah. So no, I know, but at, at, at a certain point, you're gonna want to pick up another <laughs> oh, no, project. Yeah. I, I, I think my story arc only goes for like three, um, three issues. Yeah. And then it it stops, and then I start okay. something all new. Oh, okay. You know, unless it gets really popular, that I have to can you know. Yeah. Then I find another artist that can do it. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good chat, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Uh, again, this is Free Isabella and. Real quick. Uh, yeah. I didn't ask Ish, but he's not on social media. But mm-hmm. let's give like your uh, your Twitter and all that stuff. What's your Twitter? Okay. Uh, my Twitter is freakflow808. F R E E K. F L O W eight zero eight. That's my Twitter yeah, account. Okay. At, um, also and free Isabella on Facebook. Free Isabella on Facebook. Um, live yeah. free or LFDF uh, on Facebook fan page or no? Not uh, yet. No, you know, just go to my my free Isabella and you okay. can link up through there. But um, I wanted to put out the ACC artist dot. Wait, what is it? Artistcomiccollective dot com. No, no, no. It's oh. ACC artist dot. W-I-X dot com that's Wix dot yeah. com ACC artist Wix dot com front slash ACC artist with okay. an S at the end and you can find those links on your Facebook page yes, too yes absolutely you yeah. can find those on Facebook at Free Isabella okay awesome and you can find me at James Lee Stone on Twitter and you can link all the other stuff to that Instagram and blah blah blah, blah, blah. okay but again I'm James Stone this is Free Isabella okay and again I'm going to steal from Kevin Smith and Mallrats uh, our little outro line is these things should be bagged and boarded you heartless bastards <laughs> set in stone set in stone issue 2 of set in stone 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 and now it's set in stone
And apparently, I've been saying the tagline wrong the whole time. The tagline is actually, these things should have boards, you bloody savages, or something like that. I'm going to include the uh, original audio from the movie. Hey, these should have boards in them, alright? Bloody savage. But, uh, I don't know, I kind of like the, uh, the new mix-up, mess-up one that I have. Which is, uh, these things should be bagged and boarded, you heartless bastards. I don't know. Uh, let me know. I think it's kind of cool. You're gonna listen to me? To something I said? Jesus, man, haven't I made it abundantly clear during the tenure of our friendship that I don't know shit? I mean, half the time I'm just talking out of my ass. The intro and outro music for the Set in Stone podcast is provided by The Devils You Know. You can find them on their Facebook page at The Devils You Know and at ReverbNation.com slash The Devils You Know. Check them out. They're an awesome band. I highly recommend them.